Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is January 29th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well, happy, healthy, yes. Um, as for me, um, I had a really, really fun night last night. Um, I went uh, went up to um, Northside, little city, Ohio. Cincinnati area, whatever, um, and, um, got to go see some friends, got to go see a show, which is fun, uh, got to see, like, a local band play, which is really cool, uh, the Harlequins, check them out if you get the chance, um, jeez, uh, it, it was, it's a really, really good night, I definitely overdid it, um, Jeez, even one of my cabin like crashed at a friend's place. Like it was wild. It was fun. Um, but here we are. Um, a little bit of hair of the dog, you know, you know. Um we're chilling, we're chilling. Um food though. I can talk about I can talk some food. Um before I went out, I ate at a place called Mike's Chili and Euro yeah, I think it's Mike's Chili and Euros or Euros and Chili. I think it's Chili and Euros. Um, but I got a classic gyro with feta cheese, and then I got a two cheese conies with everything, and then a large fry. It was very good. I've had it before. Um, I used to eat it a little bit more when I was younger. I mean, I say younger, but really like, I don't know, about 20s, early, earlier 20s, I think is when I started eating there. Um, it's, it's a nice little, nice little Euro spot. Um, so yeah, it was yummy, yummy in my tummy. I had a bread knot from Chameleon, but I was not hungry enough yet. And then I got a McDonald's breakfast on my way home and I got a bacon, egg and cheese bagel, a hash brown and a sausage McMuffin. And they didn't fuck it up, so I felt really good about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that 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 catches you up. You're up to speed. Here we are. Um, we can talk about some news. I'll try not to keep you too long, but we'll see how it goes. Um, from Good Morning America or GMA, former top FBI official Charles McGonagall, funny name, sorry, uh, arrested over ties to Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. Uh, so, let's see, a former top FBI official in New York has been arrested over his ties to a Russian oligarch. Law enforcement sources told the ABC News on Monday. Um, McGonagall was an agent who was in charge of counterintelligence in the FBI's, uh, New York field office. But, um, he was, like, getting money, I believe, to, um essentially uh get this sanctioned billionaire who i believe is like an aluminum magnate um you just made a lot of money um became an oligarch essentially off of um those kind of sales 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 um but it didn't work out uh this guy's still sanctioned and now this guy is on the hook for it um let's see the mcgonagall retired from the fbi in 2018 he was arrested Saturday afternoon after he arrived at JFK Airport following travel to Sri Lanka. 
um, McGonagall is charged with violating U.S. sanctions by trying to get Derry Pasca off the sanctions list. Um, let's see. Uh, not too much else there. But, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a little kooky story. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not too kooky. You know, corruption is a thing that just makes sense when people see money on the table. You know, if, if you have a chance to either get money or some kind of really big influence or what have you, better positioning, usually for more money, um, people are willing to do bad things. People are willing to look the other way or, you know, find a way. I don't know. So, um, moving along, um, CNBC which I, I gotta say isn't my favorite source for the article or whatever the, the situation I wanted to read, but it'll do, and I'll maybe talk about that as we go. Uh, Right-wing Quran burning in Sweden enrages Turkey and throws a new wrench in Nordic's NATO bid. Um, so I, I alluded to this story, uh, I want to say Friday, and essentially Finland was trying to say, hey, look, 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 look. Sweden and us are trying to become, you know, NATO, NATO gang together. We're trying to make that happen uh, fast as possible. Yes, yes, yes. But with this whole Quran burning thing, with the whole stress and tension here, we want to make it clear that we are not to we're not simpatico here because they just want to make things as smooth and clean as possible for themselves as a country. That makes sense. Um, now, the, the, the row that happened, the situation that happened. Um, let me find this guy's name. Ramis Paludin, who I believe is a political leader on like the far right called the Hardline. Um, essentially, he came out with some supporters and they were like doing a big protest. And in this protest, which is a, was approved by, you know, Sweden officials, you know, they had a permit to do this for free speech. Um, they burn a whole Quran. And that is a very sacrilegious thing to do. It's very fucked up to do. Um, I feel like if you saw someone burning Bibles, like, in your town, in your neck of the woods, what I, I mean, maybe this is just me and my Midwestern perspective. Like, this is definitely, like, Bible thumb territory. Um, it, it would be something that would be deemed very offensive. I, I do not believe that it would uh, be protected under free speech. I mean, we would see maybe that would be an interesting conversation. But... I feel like here it's just being allowed because they feel like they get a chance to kind of just get away with it. Now, um, you know, it has had a condemnation. People have come out and said, hey, this is fucked up. We don't agree with it. We find it appalling. Um, you know, so that's good. But um, it has definitely sparked outrage um, in Turkey. Um, Ankara, which I believe is the capital of Turkey, um, there's been like a lot of, you know, uproar um erdogan who is the um president or prime minister um what have you i'm getting a little tripped up here president yeah um turks president recip type Erdogan. um geez yeah there's a lot of just like other events too let's see in a separate event earlier this month turkey summoned swedish sweden sweden sweden's ambassador after a video was published by a pro-kurdish group in sweden claim uh in sweden showing an effigy of turkish president recep type erdogan being hung upside down on a rope um now something i kind of didn't like about this article is kind of throughout they talk about how 
Turkey is kind of making a big huff and puff and saying, hey, we're going to block Sweden. And I, I can't remember if they had said I, – I think the, the conversation was focused on Sweden. But essentially they were saying that they were going to gum up the works here if, you know, this continues. This, you know, as it stands, like we're not okay with this. Um, they also were supposed to have a meeting um, with another ambassador, and they just, like, said, no, we're not doing that either. Um, now, what is it? CNET or whatever, the article, or CNBC, I think it's CNET on here. Um, oh, CNBC, sorry. They kind of, like, have analysts who come up, and they're like, hey, well, like I said, they're using this to get leverage, you know, so they can get some things that they want done, um, and, you know, a little bit more control in the conversation. And I'm not saying that that's not valid, but I also feel like at the heart of this is something that is just very sacred to people. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, free speech, but we also talk about protecting religious freedoms. We also talk about protecting, you know, those rights to have them. And I, I don't know. I just feel like the idea of book burning, the idea of burning a religious text, I don't care if it's something that I care about or, or don't care about. I think that that's something that is wrong and it's very unsettling. And... Um, it is right to be upset about that. There, there should be plenty of reasons to protest. Um, so, yeah. Um, they also go into, though, um, like, the situation um, with uh, Turkey and, you know, fighting the Kurdish people, things of that nature. Um, that wasn't so much, so, something so much that I wanted to focus on, uh, but it is an issue at play that is talked about in the article um, I don't know, that's something that's kind of still above my head, but, um, I do realize that it is a situation that is politically tense and it, you know, is something that I guess keeps getting talked about and uh, probably will continue to be talked about. Sorry, I'm kind of doing spaghetti talk here, but let's see, we're going to roll along. Um, let's see from the daily press. Um... This is an update on the Virginia shooting. Um, so we covered it a little ways back uh, this month. Wow, wow, wow. Um, but um, a teacher was shot by a six-year-old student in her own class. So that was fucked up. Um, she is okay. But, uh, you know, we're still in the wake of it. But from the Daily Press, um, Newport News, uh, Newport News School Board fire superintendent in wake of rich neck shooting so um let's see rich neck elementary was where this shooting took place apparently though there's been like three shootings in like this area in the past um gosh how long did they say uh give me one second um we'll get there but in a five to one vote Members approved a separation agreement with Parker during a meeting Wednesday night. Um, they named Michelle Mitchell, executive director of student advancement, as interim superintendent. Uh, um, the one person who... Um, okay, no, sorry, I found it. The uh, shooting was the third on school property in 18 months, following 2021 shootings at Heritage and Minchville High Schools. Uh, the vote comes after a series of closed meeting discussions in the past two weeks. 
Um, someone makes an analogy here. Board member Gary Hunter. Um, he was the one who voted against the separation agreement. He likened firing Parker to throwing out the bus driver maneuvering a busload of kids down a hill with brakes squealing. Um, I can understand that, like, he's trying to say here that, like, Parker was overall doing a really good job, but these things are going to happen. But, I don't know, I really do find that suspect. It's not mentioned so much in this article, but from what I've kind of listened and sourced, uh, essentially, um, the talks were that people were aware that this kid, you know, was having issues. Um, I'm not sure if I covered it in previous, but he, the student would also have their parent, um, in school with them because like their issues were so severe. They really needed their parent there to make sure that everything was okay. But apparently the parents were on vacation, so no one could be there for the kid, but he was still in school. And they had heard warnings. The teacher was letting the staff know, like, there's a problem. This kid has a weapon. But then I guess they tried to search him one time and they weren't able to find it on him. So like, oh, we can't find it. But then they go out into recess and the kid is telling other another child, like, hey, I have a gun. And I'm going to like shoot you. Um, and the kid was really scared. And essentially they, they do this holding pattern and they say, well, let's just get through the day. And my thing is, if there is a potential chance that you have a shooter, a child shooter, it doesn't matter, in your school, like, that's a big problem. That is a big mistake. And to go back to his screeching butts, uh, the screeching break analogy thing, yes, to say, hey, this is all his fault and he's the one who should be fired. Maybe, maybe not. But heads should roll in the situation, I get. Um, but... I don't know. I, I do think there there are problems at play here. Um, and going through three shootings in this amount of time is, is intense. It's hard. And I, and I will say, yes, it is hard to say, hey, it's all your fault, dog. You should have seen this shit coming. But, I mean, in this situation, I think there could have this could have been prevented. I do believe that. Um, so, I mean, it's a shame all the same. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Me personally, how I feel about it, like I said, in these situations, people are so upset. They need to see something happen to like say, hey, like we are going to make a change here and things are going to get better. You won't have to worry about this happening ever again. Um, You know, I I get that. I get that reaction. So Um, let's see. He is getting a decent severance pay, at least the way I'm looking at it. Uh, the agreement states that Parker will receive severance pay equal to two years of his current base salary plus benefits. Uh, Parker's current salary is $251,000. Or $251,000 and... Oh gosh, I can't do numbers right now. Sorry, guys. $251,057. Jesus, I think that's how you say it. Blech. Ugh. Um, let's see. Oh, and then Zerwinder or Zer Zer Zwerner, um, who is uh, the teacher who was uh, shot. She is intending to file a lawsuit against the school division. Um. Oh, here we go. Uh, her lawyer um claims that Richneck administration administrators 
have been notified of concerns regarding the six-year-old student multiple times on the morning of the shooting, including once after uh, another boy went crying to a teacher saying the student had shown him a gun and threatened him if he told anyone. So, like, that's 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 bad. That's that's red flag shit. That's not good. Um, imagine being a teacher, a teacher in that situation. Like, that's so scary that you literally told staff something's wrong here. Like, this is not good. And then you still get shot. Like, mm -mm. I don't. I, I would. I would want to see some change. That's for sure. Um, let's see here. In another shooting. Um, and this one's sad. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, uh, we'll, we'll read the title. We'll get into it. Um, from ABC news, man shot dead after dog steps on hunting, on hunting rifles trigger. Um, a German shepherd was in the back of a car. The victim was in the front seat. Uh, let's see. Joseph Smith was the victim. Um, he was in the passenger seat. And there was a loaded gun in the back, hunting rifle. And the dog, I imagine, just positions itself poorly, wrong. And, you know, the trigger went off and, or pulled the trigger, gun went off. And this guy dies. Um, let's see. Uh, I think they have the owner here. I, I Naming the owner really doesn't matter. Um... But it definitely is, it's, it's more about gun safety here for sure. Because no matter what you've heard me say or my thoughts or whatever on gun, like, you know, who should have gun, guns, blah, 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 blah. Um, like I said, we know guns are going to be a thing here in America. That's just a constant. You're not taking from my, taking from my go hand in hand, brother. Yeet, yeet. But no matter what, guys, gals, everyone in between, you got to have good gun safety for sure. Um, I think that makes a lot of these situations in life so much more preventable. Um, it's just so important. Um, and a lot of times you think, oh, it's, it's just a little thing. It's a little minor. It's not that important. Especially the, it's almost the more experienced you are, it can be more of a risk because you get lazy, you get a little complacent. And it's like, ah, no worries, it'll be fine. But it's like, you have to be extremely careful. This is something that could end a life, you know? At the end of the day, it's not this dog's fault. The poor little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Bad dog, what you want, what you want, what you want to do? <laughs> I had to do it, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. In the next story. From The Guardian. BuzzFeed uses AI to enhance its content and quizzes. Report. Um, so, I caught the story... Over the weekend, kind of been trickling through. I was like, I'll just cover it on the um, Sunday episode. Why not? Um, we've talked a bit about ChatGPT. Um, I was hoping for this episode to like do a little ChatGPT interaction, um, but sadly the queue is so long that you have to like wait to get a notification. So I might like surprise you guys with like maybe like an intro or something like that from ChatGPT to kind of like give an example on the podcast, but. Um, just quick rundown. Essentially, you can interact with the Chad GPT bot. You can have it say and do things, and it will run the whole like thing you want. It'll give you a script. It'll give you an essay. It'll give you an article. Whatever you want, it'll, it can do. 
So essentially, they're trying to, I guess, curate the software, kind of use it um, to more or less just run whole articles, which is really crazy. It's a really big move. Um, I mean, it kind of also lines up, too, with them laying off, um, yeah, about 12% of its workforce. So that's intense. And it's literally saying, like, hey, we're going to replace you guys with this chat GPT bot. Um and I guess in a draconian, I don't want to say draconian twist. I don't think anyone's surprised. Uh, but the news sent BuzzFeed stock surging as much as 157% to $2.45 and was on track for its busiest session. Uh, stocks were trading at about 50% higher earlier in the day after a separate report by the journal said Meta. Uh, and the, the journal by the journal said Meta was paying BuzzFeed millions of dollars to bring more creators to Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'll read a little bit more. Uh, the deal reached last year was valued close to ten million dollars, and BuzzFeed will help generate content for Meta's platforms and train creators to grow their presence online. The report said. Um, so. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it is cool in its own way to see technology evolve, but you never want to see technology evolve and then it just starts to absorb people's jobs. Um, it's always unsettling and eh, a little bit weird a little bit, uh, for that, but those are the times, um, you know, we're going to have ro robots taking our orders um, and we're going to have, I guess, robots giving us shitty BuzzFeed articles. TBA, I don't like BuzzFeed, guys. <laughs> I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. BuzzFeed's not the greatest. Um, I also hate that Vice more or less has become, in a lot of ways, the BuzzFeed of, like, serious news. Um, but at the same time, Vice still has its moments where I like it. And, I mean, BuzzFeed does have good articles. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they'll get a little bit better now. Yuck, 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 yuck. Uh, we can move along. Sorry. <laughs> CNN... Uh, DOJ sues Google over its dominance in online uh, in the online advertising market. Sorry, in, in online advertising market. Uh, I'll do a little TDLR here because this is a, a big read. It's a lot going on, but essentially the, the Department of Justice um, in eight states sued Google on Tuesday, accusing, accusing, accusing accusing the company of harming competition with its dominance in online advertising market and calling it for and calling for it to be broken up so i mean this is a, a shot across the bow um i'm trying to think how i want to summarize this google has essentially like gobbled up all the advertising that it can and it's kind of made its own pipeline so that no matter what, you have to go through them to get an advertisement out, to get your advertisements, you know, seen. And there's no way around Google now. And it's been that way for a very long time. Um, I think, yeah, it's like 15 years. Uh, Google's, yeah, for 15 years, Google's alleged... Anti-competitive behavior led to lower ad revenues for rev for websites and publishers, as well as higher advertising costs for marketers," said Attorney Merrick Garland. Said Attorney General 
Merrick Garland during a press conference on Tuesday. Um, even the U.S. government was harmed, which obviously is, is probably the bigger triggers on why they're here. According to the complaint, which named the U.S. Army as one of the multiple government advertisers using Google's tools. Since 2019, the U.S. government has spent $100 million buying online ads. So much money. Um, and at the same time, it is weird because um, in, 20, in October 20th, 2020, um, the Federal Trade Commission allowed Google to acquire DoubleClick, which was another big part of this whole chain. Um, it was kind of one of those closing the loop things. So it's one of those things where back then, two years ago, it was kind of okay from one part of our government, but now we're saying, mm, maybe you guys are just getting away with it. And now they have asked some of those people and they like who voted it in and approved it. They're like, well, if I knew what I knew now, then I wouldn't be, a, I wouldn't have been okay with it. But uh, that's such a weak like response to that. Um, let's see here. Um, in a statement, Google said the Department of Justice suit attempts to pick winners and losers in the highly competitive advertising technology sector. Um, let's see. Asked to respond to Google's statement, Garland said Tuesday, we don't pick winners or losers. We pick those who violate the antitrust laws. Those are the people we sue. Um... So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, blah, 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 number, number stuff here. But I just wanted to kind of get this in, talk about it, get a little toehold in there. Um, you know me. But, yeah, I do find it interesting. I, the Monopoly talk is always, it's weird, right? Because it's like, it is what capitalism wants every time. But it also says, no, we don't want that. We're supposed to promote the kind of growth that every that rises everyone but in truth it only really preserves the ones that kind of eat everything and rise to the top those are usually the ones that are the most efficient because another thing i kind of wanted to leave off with that is it's almost like if you crack this up if you split it then it could potentially, quote unquote, damage the market. It could make things harder. It could make things more unstable in a way that's not actually effective for people who are trying to get their advertisements out. So it's a real conundrum, but it's made because of the system, not necessarily because of Google. Like Google is a part of this, but it's not necessarily the problem. Um, you can look at the Microsofts. You can look at any kind of company that is trying to get away with it. Like they're trying to make as much money as they fucking can because that's what the system allows until they say, oh, you're making too much. You're, you're actually so good. You're too good. But yet everyone's profiting in one way or another. So I don't know. I, I am rooting. I guess I'm rooting against everyone here on this one. But, um, you know, capitalism's going to win one way or another. Ugh. All right, I'm going to keep this last one short. I know I've probably talked and blathered longer than I should and made some mistakes along the way. Classic me. Um, but yeah, let me take my little break. Okay. Uh, from NPR. 
Memphis deactivates the unit that fatally beat Tyree Nichols as officials urge reform. Um, also, I believe all five cops, I didn't mention it when I talked about this on Friday, um, they're going to be charged with second-degree murder. Um, but yeah, the Scorpion unit that we talked about, um, God, I love this. Um, street crimes, operations to restore peace in our neighborhoods, like cracking skulls, um, they're disbanded. Um, they initially said, uh, they weren't going to do that, um, Chief, uh, Davis, uh, but I think looking at the situation, they've decided, and maybe we should disband it. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's at least a silver lining, but I really think just highlighting this is the best that can be done out of this situation. I think even with justice being served for these cops being fired, um, I, I do think this trial's not going to go in those officers' favor. I think they are going to get caught. But, I mean, this isn't going to change much in terms of the situations at hand. Uh, I, I'm sad to say, but I think we're going to see way more of this fucking shit. It just never stops. You know, people thought with the George Floyd thing that that was going to be it. We did it, you know. Chauvin got a fucking, um, you know, conviction and he got sentenced and you know, those other guys too. We did it. No, no, it's, it's a constant thing. And and the conversation for, okay, well, we're going to do reform. We're going to do police reform. We're going to we're going to make better training. It's 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 such a, such a null game because more times than not, the training you guys are fucking talking about is just making these people more belligerent. They're not actually getting better at handling these situations. Like, what do you do when a person flees? Do, do you go into full assault mode and beat down this person? Or do you pull out your taser and, and tase this person as many times as you can? Do you shoot this person down in the streets? No, you're never going to change this to be to be less combative. It's just not going to happen. I don't believe it. Um, so training is just such a weird, funny thing, but we can't say, you can't say defund the police. You can't say get rid of the police. You can't say those things because then you spend a whole year or more wasting fucking time. And I think it's so frustrating to even talk about crime because people just use that as a, as a plot point to explain why that we need this kind of fucking security. Like it's beyond just being cops. It's like, this is literally that. You just want a police state in your area to fix your crime, which you're never going to fucking fix. These are systematic issues. I can't, I can't stop saying that enough. I never will. Like, um, so I'm happy to see the shit be dissolved. Um, but it's a crumb in this conversation. Um, hopefully we see more reform that actually matters. Uh, I think that's really is all we can hope for. I would like to see better training, of course, for sure. Um, more nonviolent training, uh, more de-escalation in positive ways. Um, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. Um, but I'll leave it at that. I don't ramble on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye. Mwah.